What we have in our gospel reading today is two of the three uh, parables of St. Luke of the lost. And of course, the other, other one we don't hear and we won't hear, uh, uh, at least at, at this time, uh, because uh, for whatever reason, and maybe that's, that's okay, it gives us a chance to reflect on these other two. Uh, the other one, of course, is known perhaps better by the story of the prodigal son. And uh, as I keep pointing out, prodigal means extravagant. And while, yes, the son blew through his father's, the inheritance that his father had given him, it was the father who was extravagant in that story. And it was the son who was lost. But here we have the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And there's something odd about this, especially the parable of the lost sheep. If a man has a hundred sheep and loses one and he goes off in searching of that one that is lost, he will have one lost sheep that he found and 99 other lost sheep that he lost in the process. Because sheep, without having somebody take care of them, will, will wander, they'll scatter. And, the, and Jesus is purposely telling us this, that the, the good shepherd would rather risk losing all 99 for that one sheep that is lost. He would risk everything for that one sheep. That he, while he cares for the 99 as, as much as he does that one sheep, he's going to do whatever it takes to find that one sheep. Now, if you want to get a little crass, consider the fact that uh, when somebody would call together their neighbors and friends, it almost always involved a feast. So imagine taking that shepherd and, and slaughtering the sheep in everyone's sight and the whore. Well, that's the point, too. That God is extravagant. That he wants, desires that sheep so much that he'll do whatever he can and then rejoices in finding it. Or we have the other parable, of course, the woman with the ten coins. It's a particular kind of coin. It's a, it was a Greek coin. I did a little research this morning uh, because we have coins mentioned this weekend as well. But this is a drachma. It's worth about 20 cents. She had ten of them. About $2, if you want to imagine, $2 and a quarter. You, you, you lose one quarter. Now, you might be a little frank, frantic and, well, where's that quarter? But are you going to sweep your house? Are you going to light all the candles and all the lamps and, and look under everything, uh, moving the refrigerator around and, and uh, looking under the table, maybe even moving it and picking up the rugs and, and maybe even tearing up the carpet, all looking for that quarter? That's the kind of image Jesus wants you to have as he tells this parable. That this woman is looking for something almost insignificant that has great significance to her. I don't know whether it's true or not, but I did find a website that suggested that drachmas, because they were not, uh, they would have been valuable or used, they would have still retained their value, but they would have needed to be transferred and translated into whatever the, the Roman coins were at the time in order to be used, that most likely this was the woman's dowry that she would have then wanted to pass on to her daughter, so it would have had an emotional connection for her. 
And if that's true, it makes it even more so why she would do what she can to find it. And notice that she too, when she finds it, she calls together her, her, her friends and her neighbors and says, I rejoice with me. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know of any party that can be thrown for less than 25 cents. She's willing to spend more in rejoicing. And Jesus, of course, uses these two parables to tell us this is what he does for any who are lost. That God will risk everything for that one what seems to be insignificant to the world because it has value to him. That while the 99 might be consider themselves righteous and and, and such, God looks for the lost. And we should take some comfort in this. And we need to be balanced with the comfort we take because we cannot be like Martin Luther and say, well, sin boldly so that God could find us more. But rather, there's no one that is lost ultimately in God's sight. No one. While there is still breath, there is still hope that God is searching them out. And God will look for any little door that is given. See, actually, there's four lost in these three parables. We have the lost son that we think about that, that takes his father's, what his father has given him and wanders off and spends it all. And then we have the other son. Sheep wander knowingly and get lost. A coin is unknown to be lost because it doesn't have a mind. The, the son who wanders off, of course, knows what he's doing. And the son who stays is not aware of how lost he really is. And the father looks for them all. And he does for us too. Whether we're lost or we're found, we need to be aware that we cannot be so righteous that we do not ourselves assist in searching for the lost. And it doesn't mean that we go and stand on the street corners and knock people over the heads with the catechism or the, the Bible or, or, or anything, or, or we tell them, but we find the ways. And I, I shared the story the other day with somebody that um, told me, well, when I converted to, to Catholicism, I was told I didn't need the sacrament of reconciliation. I said, oh, really? What were you before? He said, Methodist. I said, oh, I didn't know Methodists didn't sin. A week later, he was in the confessional. Two weeks after that, he was in the hospital. Four, four days after that, he was dead. I thank God, and his wife did too. And I'm not naive to say that he was a worse of sinners. And that he, but the point is, we always have that hope of God finding us. If we just give him that door.